This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Did I send you that whole gif? I don't know if I did. That was about the fact that dentists can tell when the last time you have uh, sucked someone off. No, I don't know what you're talking dude, about. Dude, dude. Okay, so uh, it was on it was on Twitter. This pr- this girl just writes and she's like, "Just so y'all know, your dentist can tell when the last time you gave oral is." Um, and everyone online was like, "Nah, you're lying." But then all these dentists came forward and was like, "Yes, you can." And so we have a dentist friend, uh, and we asked her, and she's like, "No, it's true." She's like, "That's a great PSA, but we can totally tell when a female." or male, uh, has last engaged How? in ratio. Um, the bruising in the back of your throat. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> so silly shit. <laughs> What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. Well, it's Bruh Meets World. Your boy meets world fan cast. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. Oh, I like that. That little NPR voice. Yeah, I'm work- I've am i been working on my podcast voice, y'all. I'm trying <laughs> to do this right by y'all. <laughs> All right. So, uh, TC, Tony Curtis, um, as you know, we got some fan mail recently. Yeah, we did. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, first of all, um, to our listener, Taylor, who wrote us, uh, thank you very much. Taylor wrote us several questions, and what we're going to do is kind of space. What's up, Taylor? I just want to give you a quick shout out. What's (laughs) up, Taylor? You're on this podcast right now. You know what? Hold on, hold on. Let's pause for a second. Hi, this is Taylor's voicemail. She can't be reached right now, but if you leave a message, she'll get back to you. That's for you, girl. That's for you. <laughs> you know what? And that was like 100% courteous. Yo, that's that's why they call me Tony Curtis. That's why they call you Tony Curtis? <laughs> okay. Um, so going back to it, uh, she wrote us several questions. We're going to read one of the fan questions before every episode. Um and if you guys have any questions or anything, please feel free to email us. Again, it's bruhmeetsworld at gmail.com. Uh, or just shout us out. A lot of you have been doing Twitter and Instagram, so do what you can. Yay, yay. Okay, that's what I was I was like waiting for you to do. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I'll start off with this one, which is pretty cool. She was like, how did you two meet and how long have you been friends? Ooh, this is, this is a very good question. Right? Um, I, when did we meet exactly? I would I know it was high school. I just don't know the exact grade. That was like it was either ninth grade um, or tenth. It was one of those. I feel like I feel like tenth grade sounds about right. Um, and you know what? It's funny is that I remember us talking of, like and hanging out a few times, but I feel like we talked and hung out like we became better friends after you because uh, you moved away after college correct um to new york um and i feel like we became better friends then oh we definitely did i mean i um 
like I remember, like we used to, you used to give me a ride in your little Batmobile, which we brought up before, uh, to the oh, bus man. stop, <laughs> and I remember that. But like, I think those were like the only real interactions we had in high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we definitely got closer the more I would come back because we have like this tight little friend group from high school. That- well, I also think that we became like, um, and I'm sure you guys all have this, like people you went to high school with that you're not super close with, but like on social media they're like your best friends yeah yeah that's they actually... post all the same things that you like and you guys just kind of have a similar sense of humor and i feel like that's what happened with with us that was definitely how we got closer uh it was television of course i mean we're doing a tv podcast but... <laughs> yeah I, it really was just us just kind of talking and then we just have like we arrange like like phone calls and things like that where we just catch up on like happy endings episodes i was gonna say it was happy we endings with. was the one where it's like every time that show came out you and i were just like yo <laughs> that's still i like we need to do a, hap- a happy endings podcast oh, because dude, r.i.p that show that i could show talk about that show so for good, hours but you're right we should definitely do that yo after this let's do happy endings and y'all will never look i, I don't not- care if you guys know about it you, you're gonna learn the day uh check out happy endings it's a great show and you'll get all of our reference um so yeah 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 <laughs> okay so that is our question so let's get into this episode for this episode this is episode 19 of season one uh kid gloves and uh yeah let's do the tell me about it tell me about, me about it tell me all about the show <laughs> actually i want that that totally fits with like the 90s vibe we had the uh what tgif sing song intro yeah you know what's actually really interesting is that um i think at this time like whatever tgif had um full house family matters boy meets world and step by step whatever year that was all the other three shows had the same people doing the theme yes exactly and i gotta i gotta see it because i knew that guy's name but that guy did all of the best TV show intros. Like they were just. Whatever happened to predictability? That guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's actually interesting because as I was listening to the theme for this episode, I was like, man, this theme is kind of. It's a weird choice. Like it sounds like a video game theme. Yeah, I mean, it is, but you know what? We keep talking about it. It did separate this show from the other shows that were out. Um, and I'm not sure if they would have had a similar theme song if it would have stood out as much yeah and i guess i do like that the song evolves as the kids evolve yeah exactly like sister anyways sister sister uh then tell me about it which is how we started (laughs) this uh is when Corey receives a necklace from his father for his birthday, he doesn't mind when he accidentally loses it. Until Alan tells him the sentimental meaning of the gift. Yeah, I'm okay with it. That sounds about right. I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's a direct summary. It's really funny because sometimes you get the intern who was just like, they bought shoes. And then the next time you get it, yeah. tell me about it, that's like all detailed. It'll tell you Morgan's favorite color. It's, it's weird. Well, I will say that this episode, um, not to say that it was a bad episode by any means, but um, it was just a very simple episode. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of storylines going on. It was just pretty cut and dry. So it, it seemed like something that should be able to be summed up in a sentence or two. Yeah. And also it's pretty, um, 
like I remembered this episode. Like going I did back too. to it, yeah. like, this is one of the ones I don't know why, but it's a little more iconic. Boy meets maybe me. because these kids went to a school where there was a scuba club in elementary. <laughs> That's a very good point. Maybe that I was like I didn't know what it was, but I do just remember this episode so vividly, um, and it, and it made a difference. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so uh, getting into the episode, opening scene, um, we are back in the classroom, we're already in a better feel than we were last episode, like it just already feels like we're back to the good Boy Meets World formula. Yeah, and I actually noticed things like um, Corey's voice being a little bit deeper. Yeah, well, we kind of hit on the fact that the kids are getting a little older in this episode. Yeah, but it's just it's like it's interesting just to see like every episode. It just it it's just fading into adulthood. And it's yeah. really interesting. There's a scene later on uh, where Corey's in the kitchen where I really notice how much he's grown. Even even Eric and Morgan and Sean, like all of the kids are, are growing up. And it's just it's it, I don't know. It, I Maybe it helps the sentiment like I have with the show that I'm like watching these kids grow up. I feel like I'm invested in their like life. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Anyways. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So while we're in um, class, Mr. Feeney is telling the kids that they have to select an elective, which, by the way, like what? Like, shouldn't they have done that at the beginning of the year? Like, why are you picking one now? Why is a why do they need electives in grade school? I never had elect, like we like we rotated between PE art and like music class, but like there was no choice in the matter. Yeah, this is very weird that they they I feel like they just needed a reason, and so they did. But like choosing an electives at like towards the end of the year at that, it's like this isn't going on your uh, college resume. Like there's it doesn't really matter. Also, um, listeners, if you're from the Philadelphia area and you particularly lived there in the 90s, um, did you have a school where your two elective choices were debate club and scuba club? Is that something that was – because there's so much scuba diving to do in the Philadelphia metropolitan area, I imagine. That, yeah, that's a very good point. Like, and scuba of all things. Like they didn't even go to the pool. It like specifically had to be scuba. And, like, it leads to a really awkward moment later on in the show. Yes, yes. I really – you know, let's let's just keep going. So, anyway, as you uh, – as uh, TC was saying, um, our choices when it comes to the electives are debate team and scuba. Now, before we get there, a, a little something I wanted to point out. Again, we're back to our formula and everything and the dynamics that we have in class between Corey, Sean, Mikas, Topanga, and Feeney. And there's a lot of little fun back and forth and everyone kind of plays their roles uh, in this scene. And I really enjoy it. Well, I just thought that it felt like the humor was back to the show because the last two episodes got heavy yeah and uh, like it, it was just nice to have just like you know those like scuba duba jokes you know it just it felt <laughs> like it was a nice change of pace yeah all right so well what i was gonna say before the scuba duba joke which i do love is that um there's a moment where like sean is interrupting the class and feeney calls out mr matthew he's like all right enough mr matthews and Corey's like that wasn't me. That was Sean. And Phoenix like, ah, same thing. And it's like, a, this is the this is the first time I think we are solidifying that Corey and Sean come as a pair. Well, I think especially that's something that you'll see um, with them in just their classroom settings from this point on, whether they're with Feeney or in the future with Mr. Turner or with 
whatever. Um, they're just they're they're constantly like uh, they remind me of uh, Waldorf and uh, where are the two old guys in the Muppets? Oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Just just the child version of that. Just to show you how gay I was, you said Waldorf, and I was like, oh, Blair and Serena? But <laughs> that's Gossip Girl, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, back to the jokes, though. It's it's really funny because um, Feeny is like, what does scuba stand for? <laughs> and Corey's like, uh, Duba? He goes, Scuba stands for Scuba Duba. I failed you on so many levels. And I just like, I, again, it's like a, this self-deprecating sense of humor that Feeney has when it comes to the boys. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It seems like he's constantly showing us like it, it always seems like in the beginning of every episode the boys are the dumbest kids in class. But by the <laughs> end of the episodes, they always have these like huge revelations. And I'm just like... Man, it, 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 they do a lot of teeter-tottering between, like, genius and idiot. Well, I think that's kind of their their point because, again, when we get into the later episodes, Eric is an idiot. But then there are moments where it's like a, he's seen as, like, an idiot savant. So I think yeah. that's just, like, the sense yeah. of humor we, we start to lean into. Yeah, we're definitely leaning into idiocy. And I don't know. You know what? This was like around like the Dumb and Dumber time period. Maybe that was Beavis just and a, Butthead. Yeah, just the style of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I like it. I like what we're uh, getting into or leading. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the part where Minkus is just like, uh, Feeney's like, of course Minkus knows what scuba means. Minkus take us away. And Minkus is like, I don't want to. I actually thought that he didn't know. No, no, I knew he did. He was just like, I want to be a regular boy. I'm tired of being smart. I'm tired of being singled out. Um, and I and I believe that because up until this point, Mikas is always trying to be normal. And he's saying, I want to be average. I'm going with Duba. And, you know, it's Feeney who uses the whole, well, Mikas obviously doesn't know as kind of like... Um, what is it? Yeah, he says that, and Minkus yeah. literally starts twitching like a crackhead. Reverse psychology is what I was thinking of, you know. Oh, totally. And it works. I yeah, mean, yeah. he immediately says what a scuba means. Exactly. And because of that, and right after that, he's like, I hate myself. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, he says that, and then Sean goes, you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Harsh. Well, I mean, like, they, again, this is back to their dynamic. They they are the ones that go back and forth. Oh, man. All right. So that is our opening scene. Then we have our, our, our theme song. Yep. Which, again, you said it was a little tech. It's I Game Boy. It. I really tried to listen to it again today with, like, new ears. And it just felt it, – it, it sounded to me like a video game theme or, like, um, like something you would see, like, for, like, a tech uh, – technology like yeah uh, aol this is how you use your computer type of thing yeah yeah you know what it's a it's a theme song for the digital age um yeah but like the 1993 digital (laughs) yeah exactly exactly like dial up it's just yes yes slightly better than dial up this screams dial up Okay, um, so in our next scene, uh, we're in, back at the Matthews place, and Corey and Eric are sleeping. Um, when Alan comes in and puts a box on Corey's face, and then sneaks out of the room, um, and then when he does that, that wakes up Eric, and Eric's like, "Hey, 
And Corey, oh, by the way, Corey doesn't feel the box at all. Like, he stays asleep as there's a box on his face. Well, yeah, not only that, but, like, Eric keeps trying to, um, Eric keeps trying to wake Corey up, and Corey's pretending like he can't hear him, or at least it's, like, that dead of a sleep that he doesn't. But once he finally does, we acknowledge the box on his face. And why does he have a box on his face, TC? Because apparently it's his birthday. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> because. All right. <laughs> Two episodes ago, when we did the Sean blowing up the mailbox thing. Yeah. Both of them, I even went back and listened to it, admitted to being 12 years old. At the beginning of the season, <laughs> the boys were 11 years old. What birthday is this? Is he 13? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and again, we cannot and will not start to pull at the continuality thread when it comes to Boy Meets World. This show, all, all I can terrible. imagine is that there was some kind of like episode out of order thing, or they're just like they're making this up as they go. They're making it up as they go. You know man. this. <laughs> But you also we can we can give it the excuse that it's out of order. I mean, like that would explain why we are showing electives like halfway through the year. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That was just that just <laughs> irked me. So it is Corey's birthday, um, and the box has a little note that says "Happy Birthday, Love, Dad." And Corey opens it, and it is a necklace. You know what's interesting? No one else says anything about Corey's birthday except for this one gift. That's exactly what I was going to put. Like, no one at the school says happy birthday. Sean doesn't say anything. Like, his, even his like, mom doesn't wish him happy birthday. There's not a cake or anything. a birthday episode, it is brought up as a plot device and never thought of again. <laughs> yeah, it was just it just feels so odd and out of place. But um, Well, like, even, like, in the next scene when Corey uh, comes downstairs... Yeah, no one. No one like, yeah, there's no acknowledgement that it's his birthday today. Um, and you're like, you feel like that would be the bigger story. Something, something, someone say something about this kid's <laughs> birthday. No one. I mean, does he not get a balloon or like a special breakfast? Nothing? Are, <laughs> are, are we sure that the, the note says happy birthday, love dad? It does. It says Did happy he just birthday, give it dad. to him for no reason? <laughs> Uh, either so he gave him this necklace and we forgot to mention that on the necklace there are two what appears to be like two mittens Um, silver mittens yeah silver mittens and Corey's completely confused by it and he's like why is this my gift you got a buck knife talking to eric um why did i get a necklace this is supposed to be my becoming a man gift I one thing I I just quickly want to say about Eric is that his hair is starting to look phenomenal. Oh yeah, I did, you know what? I noticed that. <laughs> like it is just like it's getting a little bit longer, it's luscious and I'm just I can get on board with this Eric, you know. Do you think he has that Pantene Pro V just like Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's too bad they waste him because like I don't know. Oh, no, he starts he, to be his hair looks great. I was going to say he's starting to be more of the Eric we we come to I can't down. wait for him. To, that's one of the, I have a note on that somewhere about like I can't wait till this kid gets dumb. Yeah, but no like it's it's let's talk about it because like even in this um episode it's kind of in this scene uh we've kind of seen little bits of this but you get a little bit of will fordell's uh comedic chops and uh even again with the pillow and everything his physical comedy i think whenever he has scenes with ben he shines yeah that's or like or what even with, even with Morgan's, uh, you know, uh, whenever he has scenes with them, he does really well. Whenever he's just like trying to get laid, he's the worst person on the show. 
You know, honestly, now that you said it, I think you're right. We got the most fun with Eric so far when he had his modeling job, and that was with him and other people. I think him and the parents don't have their footing just yet. Because, like, he's yeah. loving the Amy and Alan, which I'm going to bring up later. Alan is like, oh, you're my son. But there's not, like, this back and forth that we later get where Alan's just, like, always disappointed in Eric. And Eric's always like, daddy, look at me. Well, that – I mean – that whole Eric doesn't know what to do with his life is like a great plot device for him. This yeah. whole every episode he's on the phone with a different girl. I could care. I could, I'm so like annoyed with it. And with it. <laughs> yeah, but let's get into the fact that uh, let's talk about this becoming a man gift. Yeah. Isn't that like a 13 year old thing? Which well, I mean, like that would explain that Corey, this would be Corey's 13th birthday. If you want to go there. Uh, he was 11 when the show started. <laughs> what is happening? It's that light speed. You know how they go, how quickly they go through high school. Oh man, yeah, that's it's that's yeah. <laughs> so maybe we saw like the beginning of last year, and now we're in the end of this year. I don't know. I'm I'm making excuses. I'm being thoughtful. But yeah, it's a becoming a man gift. Um, did you ever get a becoming a man gift? Um, not one in the way that it's presented here. I did get a gift from my mom, uh, which is a little bit different, but my dad never gave me like a, you're a man gift, which kind of makes me upset. Did you ever get like, um, I'm gonna make an a call. heirloom? Did I ever get an heirloom? Again, <laughs> I'm telling my dad here, I got, um, an heirloom from my aunt, uh, that I was given, but not from my dad. I feel like heirlooms, and I could be wrong, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Are you saying it's a white people? Like, it, like a white people. Yes, I was yeah. like, it's a, here's the thing. Because they they've had, like, property and, like, things to pass down from generation to generation. You ain't wrong, but this was one of those moments where it was just a black moment where you were like, I feel like, and I was like, it's a, it's a white thing. That's how this Yeah, is. okay. <laughs> um, I mean, but you, I think you're right. In a sense, I'm sure that, you know, there are black families out there who have heirlooms. But for the most part, getting something handed down generation to generation, that's mostly white people. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Interesting. Not sorry. (laughs) Okay. But like going back to this, I want to get back to – I made a point of it because I want to get back to these gifts a little bit later. But as of right now, Eric's like, look, you're just going to have to act grateful um, and and really show dad how much it means to you. I thought actually this was a really – nice moment of eric being like you know what i'm the older brother i've been here before with dad i've kind of learned him let me just give you something of what i've learned from my relationship with dad it just seemed like he was genuinely trying to be a decent brother to Corey. yeah well i think that's another thing like ben and um will at this point in time are they have a dynamic almost uh that's really well designed and you get these moments where you kind of do see eric as just being like oh yeah i'm i'm your brother but he doesn't do so in like these leave it to beaver moments it's more like a hey just looking out for you type thing and almost like a like a a begrudgingly like all right well i guess i'll I'll yeah exactly knowledge you know (laughs) it's you know what it is it's that oh oh, you don't even know (laughs) you know it's like yeah you don't even know what this is (laughs) Well, and I think too in this in this scenario, like Eric is more so concerned with trying to, uh, 
you know, not hurt Allen. And yeah. so, like, when he's kind of coaching Corey through this, and it's not really so much to help Corey, it's to just make sure that Allen, you know, feels that the gift was appreciated. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's, like I said, we were like, he ha- you have to act grateful, which Corey's already not listening to, because Corey's like, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see it. <laughs> which Eric replies, it was on your face. Man, that's that's kind of cold as eyes. Like, I, <laughs> if I gave a kid a gift that I put on his face and he never mentioned it again, man. Yeah. So, all right, we have uh, the next scene, which Alan and Amy are in the kitchen, and Alan's like, "Yo, I don't mean to like burst your bubble, but our son's gonna love me more because today's the day that he gets his old man's silver gloves." Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, they bring it up later but at this at this point i was like oh is he gonna explain what the gloves are (laughs) well yeah like even that he says it like every family has a pair of dad's silver gloves and you're just like what does this mean what does this mean to a 13 year old we've never heard you talk about these and just like i don't know this is that kind of thing where just alan just assumes that like Corey's on board with whatever it is that he's on board with, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I feel no, like you're right. Kind of a selfish I, thing for him to get upset over. It is, but like I also really, but again, this goes back to the show originally being more uh, father and son storyline because this yeah. is very much about Alan and his feelings and Corey and his behavior, which we've done back and forth between the two but amy is playing her role as supportive wife and just again not really judging but more so asking him to get to the conclusion himself and honestly like i don't feel that Corey actually did anything wrong until he was trying to correct his wrong until alan made him like you know what i mean well, I mean, I do think in general, it's if you do get a gift, you should be grateful, um, which is not going to happen when you're dealing with teenagers. But um, I think it was I don't think this ever really says that Corey was wrong. It more so just points out um, the importance of we're, we're getting way, way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I, I guess the only point I was trying to make was just that um, we see at this point that uh this whole episode kind of focuses on Alan's reaction to what's Correct. going on, his feelings and his interpretation of what's happening. Correct. Uh, and, and and I agree with that. But I do like want to say again, I love Alan and Amy in this. I love this scene because we constantly get scenes with the two of them kind of like planning how to be adults outside of the kids, which I really like. And they always seem to have a vaguely flirty energy between them. Yes, that's true. And like, they're just like having a... fun being parents and yeah. just being a team. Yeah, and I really, really like this. Of course, as usual, Amy's doing most of the heavy lifting, but, you know, they're a good couple. Alan doesn't do anything. <laughs> At least in the beginning of the season, he was, like, fixing stuff all the time. Like, yeah, he's now just, he's like, just, just reading like... a paper while Amy's been serving everyone. Exactly. Do you want help? Yeah, I mean, again, going back to the flirty part, um, because she is kind of like all on him and stuff, she brings up what even the silver gloves mean. Um, She was like, considering how many punches you took to the face, it's not, you know, you don't look too bad. And so we kind of get a hint at what the gloves mean. Uh, I don't know about you, but like, I just didn't know what silver gloves were before. this. No, not at all. Who would? (laughs) <laughs> like who who would know if it weren't explained to them you understand like it's just that it's a weird thing that alan just assumed you know whatever. yeah exactly so anyway going back for that Corey runs downstairs even though it's his birthday and he mentions absolutely nothing because he's more obsessed with his permission slip 
Yeah. Um, again, I, I guess I guess at this point was me the the notes I have just about everyone else ignoring his birthday. Yeah. All right. And then so uh, we have the permission slip, and like there's just again fun little Corey and Amy banter uh, that I really enjoy, where he's just like, "Look, I'm just trying to get to the pool. Don't even worry about it." And they even negotiate a little bit. She's like, uh, "Don't go into the water 30 minutes before," and he negotiates with half an hour and it's you know, it's, you know them being stupid those those jokes are actually a lot of fun they, they sound cheesy when we say it but they're actually pretty yeah funny. they're like it's loads of fun so Corey leaves and this is when we see alan's little hurt feelings and expressions and uh amy asks you know did you even explain it to him alan says no and then pouts and was like <laughs> like oh my feelings are still hurt though it was just like well dude <laughs> Being an adult. you know i will say that like as much as alan is the father he does behave oh i don't know i don't have kids so i'm not gonna say finish that i don't know he just he yeah i i just i've never seen a an adult man pout before <laughs> like that i want to say he is way more emotional than amy it seems you know what I mean? Well, I mean, Amy's the glue holding this house together. We can all agree. <laughs> that is so true. Okay. So before we leave this scene, though, we get a little bit of Morgan cuteness, which I Morgan cuteness love. is what you're calling this. All yes, right. Well, it's all right. What would you call it? I, I call it I call it all of this white privilege. Oh, no, no. It absolutely is white privilege. And I think that's but I'm saying she performs this in a what I will say a classic Morgan way, because, you know, like Morgan has like a little one liners and all this other stuff. But she nails this scene. All, but I will say that this is I feel like this is all you ever get from her. Like it's either one liners or her using her cuteness to try to get something. You're not wrong. Uh, the girl is not exactly uh, Drew Barrymore here, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, no, great. it's a very, very good point. So anyway, um, what we're talking about is in the scene, Morgan comes downstairs. And as we discussed, uh, playing off of what she knows about Corey's birthday, she comes up and she's like, so what's on my face? And they're like, nothing. And she's like, and what are we going to do? I actually about? thought she was really cute when she said, what's like, so what's on my face? I, I thought she, she did it well. That's what I I said more you this um well she and this is the white privilege uh tc is talking about so it turns out that whenever Corey or eric had a birthday they would give morgan a gift um so she wouldn't feel left out and she's like well, i feel left out now and it's just like you know pouting and all this other stuff but uh yeah that is definitely have you I, have you heard of this like a child getting a gift I, I just I you know what you just even saying that I was like let me have a kid who <laughs> says that to me like I let I, I want you to pout I, I honestly I want you to pout I want you to feel bad right now that you have nothing because you don't deserve nothing you didn't, you didn't earn nothing you live in my house no. <laughs> you're gonna be one of those dads who starts on one rant and just ends. oh yeah 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 it's gonna be a whole thing <laughs> I love it um so anyway they're like, you're a big girl now, and so you don't get a gift every time that Corey gets a gift. And um, but this is where Alan's like, please let me buy her love now while I still can afford it. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's very Alan being TV dad. Well, it's also I feel like a bunch of times we see Alan taking the easiest way out in order to try to win favor with his kids. Just like, oh yeah, I'll buy her a gift, or you know what, I'm gonna wake Corey up to watch this game, or just like whatever. Like he's just whatever. Like he he feels guilty for not being around, so he has to like do these extreme things that like the family ultimately 
That's a very good with. point. You know, I I wonder um, because I consider that like all of this said and all that we have said, I consider Alan one of the better TV dads. But um, that was like how I felt. So maybe this is just like '90s expectations. Maybe I don't know. I because to me it just seems like he's a little selfish with his with the way he shows love. Yeah, and that he expects everyone to just kind of like whatever whatever's easier for him or whenever he's feeling like he's uh, hurt, he'll he'll do whatever for attention and in, in that in that way. Yeah, and I'm I'm saying that maybe you know it's because we're looking at it through 2018 lenses, but this I when I think about it, this is probably just. TV dad formula, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the one the, I mean, central complaints I have about this is that this is maybe the ninth Allen story that we've seen this season, and this is like the fourth time we've seen a variation of this with him. Yeah. And still, I have no idea how Amy feels about anything independent of Allen. <laughs> no, no, and that's what I'm saying. It's just like even earlier, I was like, this is classic Allen, and Amy's just being there to be supportive and kind of talk him through it. And I think you know what I think. Now that uh, I review it, is that Alan is a prime example of the stereotypical dads learning to be more emotionally open. Do you know what I mean? Or commutative? Mm, because perhaps. Like, well, I'm just saying, like, Alan is his behavior is almost always very stereotypical TV dad. However, it is his wife actually remember how Corey's always learning. Amy's always kind of teaching Alan how to teach Corey. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. I'm just, yeah. We're, guys, we're getting deep into this show, by the way. <laughs> right. Layers upon layers. layers. Right. Um, next scene. We are about to go into scuba class, and there's a lot in this scene we have to unpack. This, this, I was uncomfortable throughout the entirety of this bit. Thank you. Okay, so what we're talking about is what we go to scuba class, and while they're in scuba cat, sorry, scuba class, uh, of course the kids are- Scuba class in the cafeteria. (laughs) Yeah, by the way. Um, The boys are all, everyone's like playing with the equipment and stuff, and the boys start to get ready because they are going swimming, and when they do so- uh, each one of them is like wearing robes or a layer or something like that. And the kids slowly undress one by one. And it's just creepy how TV portrays I didn't like it. any of it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't like any of it. Because the very first time, uh, uh, Ben is the first one who does it. Corey, he takes his robe off. And that's when you hear the crowd woo. And yes. that's where I got lost. Exactly. You're like, oh, wait, he is 13, 12 in this right now. Why is the audience wooing? At- Adults <laughs> yeah. wooing. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And that it just keeps going because, you know, Corey's in his little uh, swim trunks and he's shirtless and he's like, I'm scuba boy. And there's just like a whole joke about him being the whitest white boy that Sean's ever seen. Which, by the way, I love that they're bringing that up considering there's no one brown for them to compare themselves to in this Philadelphia <laughs> school. Um, and also, the moment he said that, I was just like, oh, Sean, you're just as white as this kid. Like, 
Which is I, the I, following I, joke because uh, when Sean takes off his shirt, there's another shirt with it with uh, like the little beach bod t-shirts. Sure, sure. And he, you can tell that he's a little uh, feeling a little intimidated with his body. Do white people feel insecure about being too white? Is that something that's real? <laughs> yeah, I've actually I do know a lot of white people who uh, don't like that. Why do you think they always trying to dress like black people? I guess I just never like I I mean I maybe I just I haven't been white before to understand <laughs> this of just them being like, "Oh, I'm I'm too I need I'm I'm too white." Yeah. I don't know. The thing about being white is white is seen as run of the mill and standard. So if you are white and you don't want to be considered bland or standard, you're going to f- try to find ways to spice it I up. I guess I've never been in a barbershop and I heard just I'm getting too black. <laughs> oh, all right. So that is a lie because I've definitely heard that one before. Oh, uh, I, I I haven't heard that one. I guess uh, yeah, I'm going to the wrong barbershops. No, no, no. Well, like I'm getting too black personality wise. I thought we were talking about like just the no, sentence, no, no. It's like looking at their skin and just being like, oh man, I'm I'm looking too black today. I yeah. just I've never I've never heard that. Never heard that. Oh, I've definitely heard that. But that's a whole other conversation on colorism that we need to have. Oh, you right. You're right. But no, that's so funny that you mentioned that. I literally was talking to someone um, while I was in Mexico about how when I was raised and I was younger, there was a thing about being too black. So I was always told to stay out of the sun because I, you know, we had like I had like little light skin. And then um, now I have like I'm a, what would be considered a red bone. But like, yeah, it was like a, you don't want to be. Well, I no, I guess no, I do understand that the whole idea of just I, I guess the the whole idea of just like a person who a black person who's the same color all, for most of the time. Like I don't know, like like me tan, like I don't think about tanning and me thinking like, oh man, I got I got burnt or I don't know. I, it's, you don't before just interesting. Their whole skin thing with the sun I find very interesting. <laughs> so I can't put this all on them because I actually. But again, you know, I'm raised mostly by, by white people. But yeah, I always consider that. Like, I don't care anymore. But yeah, how dark you get or like, uh, there's a story I always tell that when I was younger and um, my mom worked at a resort. So I was like by the pool. Uh, she found me one day and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm tanning. And like, I had like suntan oil all over my body. And, and she was like, you don't do that. You don't need it. What are you doing? Yeah, I have to be honest. In high school, when I started going to, to the beach with white people and I realized they just kind of lay down, I was like, is this all we're going to do? Like, I'm bored. What is this what y'all do for hours? Yes. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm not going to lie. It. I've been out with uh, people before and it always like like when you get to the beach, all they want to do is lay out. And you're right. It's just kind of like a moment where you're like, oh, this is it. <laughs> yeah, like what am I, I? I guess I'll get a little darker. Like whatever. Like my melanin's strong. <laughs> uh, so anyway, back to this uh, thing. All of this was to say that Sean takes off his shirt, and again, he he's like, a, I'm just as white and pale as you. Um, but after he takes off his shirt, 
they bring over Topanga. Oh, well, I will say, after he takes off his shirt, there is more wooing from the Oh, yeah, there's, the there's more wooing, more wooing. And then Topanga comes over, and then this is what really took the cake. The moment she came over, I was like, I don't want, I don't, I want to, I want to push pause. I don't want to be in this world right now. Because I knew what was about to happen. Exactly. Topanga comes over, and, like, they are making fun of her, and calling her Mother Nature, and all this other stuff. Um, and... No, she comes over, and she goes, um, she's like, you shouldn't make fun of our bodies each of our bodies is a creation from mother nature hashtag stay woke and <laughs> the boys start you know making fun of her or whatever and well, then, yeah, no, uh, sean um i think it's sean or Corey. someone specifically says all right mother nature um something like that they they call her mother nature uh and then she takes off her robe and then this is no don't they do isn't minkus's robe first and then they're like yeah, well, sorry, so sorry, everyone. Minkus came over and he was wearing his full body scuba gear. Uh, yeah, because they were like, Topanga, are you wearing the scuba gear too? Yeah, no, but they say Mother Nature. I promise you. Yeah, yeah, I promise you. So anyway, Mother Nature takes off her robe, and this is when someone literally whistles. She is twelve years old, and someone yeah. whistles. And you know what's funny is that, like, when she took off her robe, I felt the crowd get uncomfortable because, well, like. I, when well, I know Corey, I when did. Corey and Sean got their their woos or whatever, it was kind of like there was a a, a lot of voices. But when Topanga <laughs> took hers off, there were a few voices, and those voices were heard crystal clear. Exactly, you're not you're not wrong. But it's like it's supposed to be this whole thing of them all getting older and starting to mature, and the boys start noticing girls, and that's fine. But I just kind of wish that there wasn't like any audience participation. No, it, what made me uncomfortable too is that the look that Corey and Sean give Topanga when <laughs> like she literally. So we watch a twelve year old reveal herself in the bathing suit we see two other 12 year olds look her up and down and <laughs> by the look on their faces appear to get their first erections yes <laughs> well so this entire next conversation which we have to talk about is kind of again alluding to the boys um blossoming i guess we could say um and it's it's yeah it's all supposed to allude to a lot of things I I just felt like I just saw these kids get their first boners. I don't like it. I don't like that this twelve year old got a whistle from an adult man, which for sure did happen. Yes, yeah. it's just it's weird. Um, but what happens when they're uh, what well, when Topanga is standing there in her one piece, which I want to point out. Um, the boys you know, if, not- it was, if, this, if it was 2018, she'd be on a two-piece. Oh. Just because that's what Disney Channel is now. Oh, God. It's just, I don't even want to think about it. Again, she's 12. But uh, it's really funny because the boys can't stop looking at her. And she's like, what? No funny remarks? And then <laughs> Corey's like, I got nothing. And that's when Sean's like, you should insult her. She's just a girl. And he turns around and he's like, you know what? From now on, I'll be insulting you. Yeah, so I didn't like this at all either. So <laughs> apparently what we saw were these boys felt a, an attraction towards a woman. And instead of behaving the way you'd hope young man to behave, they go, let's make fun of her for arousing us. You know well, what I only, mean? Like, well, only Sean does, uh, which is a very good point. Uh, to Corey's offense, Corey's like, a, yeah, no. I'm I'm kind of sold on this whole uh, opposite sex thing, and uh, yeah, he does. I'll he quickly turns on Sean. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because earlier it was uh, Sean who turned on Corey. Remember that episode a few weeks ago? 
Yeah, that, that uh, the matchup episode, right? Exactly. I'm just saying it's it's really funny uh, when you consider that we're just getting to this kind of age portion. Yeah, where they're willing to drop each other at the drop of a hat, man. Like they they don't care at all when it comes to just like which is uh, actually really uh, funny because I feel like the next few years is all about them defining their relationship outside of girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So anyway, the boys are like staring at Topanga and everything, but then Minkus, being Minkus, comes in and he doesn't even like use his old usual suave charm. He just comes up and he's very sincere and he's like, Topanga, I think you're beautiful. Um, to which she responds, <laughs> my superficial side says thank you. The boys are, they seem so confused as to what they just saw. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting is they're like, what's Minkus doing? I don't know, but he's doing it better than us. He literally just said something nice to her. You guys were trying to see who could insult her the most. <laughs> and he was just being genuinely nice to her. And you're saying girls don't like that. I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, it's actually really funny. I had um, this conversation with a friend like a few years ago and it came up on my Facebook uh, on this day where it was like a friend of mine was talking about Valentine's Day and he was like, yeah, my girlfriend doesn't like chocolate and she doesn't like flowers. And every dude in the office was just like, well, then how do you like celebrate Valentine's Day? And the dude was like, I just pay her attention. And every dude was like, oh, Guys these days. <laughs> Guys these days. Uh, so anyway, um, after we are talking about this and, and Minkus Mackin and all this other stuff, the guys bring the attention back to the necklace. Um, and then that's when Sean's like, yo, what's with the necklace? And Corey says basically what we assume at this point in time. He's like, it's a father-son gift that you get when you don't really know what it means. Yeah, and then Sean says something about his dad giving him some kind of car thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fuel pump or something like that. Whatever. <laughs> you clearly don't care. But yeah. um, they are, like, just happy. They they do that, and then we're back on to scuba. And with us being back on to scuba, it's funny because we get this next little scene, which sets up an even bigger continuality thing with uh, Boy Meets World, which is that a running gag, which is that the boys are just happy to be doing scuba because that means they'll get an instructor who's not Feeny. But lo and behold, it's Feeny. Well, I will say that they do this in this season because there's literally no other adult cast <laughs> they can put in this role. But in the future, you do get like Mr. Turner and that black guy, Eli, who starts to do some of the extracurricular classes. So it's not all on Feeney. But yeah, at this point, Feeney's running this whole ship. Yeah, well, not well, it's just funny because Feeney turns out to be the scuba instructor. But it also becomes a running gag in Boy Meets World that Feeney is just any he's like always going to be a teacher of some sort uh in these boys lives like every time they go somewhere uh and they're supposed to be taught by someone it's me yeah it again the theory that he's stalking Corey Matthews is holding up. <laughs> yeah. So um, while Feeney being the instructors, we go back to a little bit more of our formula of everyone has to pick a buddy. So Sean picks Corey and Mikas picks Topanga. Um, and we get this little fun bit about them doing that until Corey and Sean realize that they have to share the same mouthpiece, which does not seem sanitary, by the way. Is that true? 
I don't even know. Is that how people actually scuba dive? I know so little about this. I yeah, I don't know anything about scuba diving. We both went to Mexico and didn't even try it. We, yeah, we were both in Mexico at the same time and we didn't. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, and we get this little fun joke about whether or not Sean's brushed his teeth today. Which apparently is a question that needs to be asked to Sean. <laughs> he said, what day is it? He has a routine. <laughs> <laughs> so um in our next scene Corey comes back from scuba diving he's had a great time uh we kind of pick up on eric being a fuckboy again back yeah just the same tired old bullshit about him con- like confusing a girl's name with another name and i i don't know i'm sick of it exactly um and when Eric gets off the phone and he's talking to Corey about his day, Corey's rambling on and on about loving scuba. But while he's doing so, Eric notices that the necklace is missing. Yeah, and Eric. Well, before that, they make a joke about like uh, Corey's like, oh, Eric's like, oh, your fingers look like grandma's neck, um, which I thought was a funny joke. But hey, grandma's still alive at this point. Oh, yeah. Grandma is still alive. Good for her. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, um, while he's talking about where not, sorry, where the necklace is, Corey's just like, look, I'll buy him a new one. Uh, I had such a good day. But that's when Alan comes upstairs and tells us the meaning of these silver mittens. I have to say this whole backstory, while I appreciate them trying to elaborate Alan's character, seems so out of character for what I know about Alan. You're not wrong. It is weird for him, but I also saw it as that, as them giving him a little bit more of a backstory because, I mean, we don't really know that much about the parents. We don't really know that much about anyone other than Corey, to be honest. Um, But we don't really know that much about the parents. And I, I liked this little back history of Alan. How old are Alan and Amy supposed to be? That's a good question. I imagine 16 plus, because Eric's 16, 16 plus. So I would say, like, they're probably in their late 30s. Because I imagine they got married, like, 25 or something like that. Yeah. I just, I I guess that's why I'm wondering, like, if, it's because this seems like they're younger parents. Like, they have Eric pretty young, but Alan being in the Navy, I don't don't know. I'm just curious about that. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no. I mean... I, I I like the question because yeah, and maybe maybe they do tell us how old they are. Uh, we should be on the lookout for that. Sure, sure. But all of this comes from the silver mittens are not mittens at all. They're gloves, as we referred to them a few times. And Alan won these gloves at a boxing match in the Navy, um, where he came in second, and not second in like his match, but like in all of the U.S. Navy in his weight division. in his weight division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, again, I guess that's something I just would never have guessed from Alan. He doesn't seem like someone who has that in him based on just what I've seen. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of could see it. Like, uh, yeah. Well, he's talking about just there being buckets of blood and his eye being out of its socket. It just it seems just like, wow, that Alan was kind of a violent dude for a while. Well, we did talk about Alan being kind of the rebel when we were talking about Sean. Uh, remember, because he was supposed to be. So maybe the Navy's the thing that straightened him up. Maybe. That's a possibility. Let's also keep an eye out for any other mention of Alan being in the Navy ever in the rest of the series. <laughs> you know what? I actually, you know, when it 
if it does happen, it's going to stand out so big to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, I would love to because I don't ever recall hearing about any of this ever. Yeah, again. that's a very good, very, very good point. So anyway, as you can tell, there's like a big sentimental, sorry, sentimental moment and story behind uh, Alan getting giving Corey these gloves because he says that the best day was not actually winning them, but being able to pass them on. I actually thought Eric was being really funny here because the entire time Alan's saying just how much they mean to him, um, Eric's just kind of teasing Corey with like, um, oh, you hear that, Corey? You hear how special they are to dad? And yeah, exactly. Corey just feel even worse about losing them. Um, so what's funny about that is as we go into the next episode um, or next scene, sorry, Corey is like calling around and asking for the gloves and then they mention Eric's buck knife and what's really funny to me is it seems to me that this is even I could just be reading too much into it but later on we kind of get this whole thing that again Corey is Alan's favorite and I just found it weird that Eric got his grandfather's buck knife but Alan gave Corey, the thing that meant the most to him. He literally just said that the best thing about winning those gloves was not actually winning them, but being able to hand them to his son. I, I have to imagine that there's some sentimental backstory behind the buck knife that means something special to Alan um, in a different way. That's that's how I justified that, because when they said it was his grandfather, we don't know anything about Alan's relationship with his dad. We don't know if it was a hard relationship. So we don't know exactly what that knife symbolizes. Um, but I, I would imagine that like when he realized he was having two boys, he wanted to give them gifts that were on par with each other. That's that's possibly true. But I just was like, I don't know. I always feel like and I think we see it a little bit more. Like I said, Alan is kind of the disappointment or he doesn't really have a lot in common with Eric. But when it comes to Corey, he and Corey from the very beginning, I mean, like the show is about his connection with Corey. You know what? I I don't know. I feel like there's some things that Alan bonds with with Eric and some things he bonds with with Corey. And his relationship with Eric is a lot more fun with them, like, like going skiing and kind of doing those sorts of things together. Whereas Alan's relationship with Corey is far more uh, sensitive and just kind of like being a instructor, guider, like a Yoda to him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I just say that we should both keep watching and see which one whose theory has sure. more weight. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in the next scene, well, they're they're looking for the gloves, and then Corey basically says, "Hey, Eric, can you keep you know, uh, can you be a lookout for me tonight? Tell mom and dad I'm staying at uh, Sean's for dinner, so I can go look for these gloves." And Eric agrees. Yeah, Eric's like, yeah, no problem, I got you. But the only problem with that is this is when we get Eric being uh, dumb Eric. <laughs> yeah, and this is where he really shines in this episode. Exactly, because in this episode we get, uh, sorry, in this scene, what happens is they're like, hey, Eric, where's your little brother? And he's like, I don't know, I have no idea, after he just agreed to cover for Corey. But then he's, he's like... like Oh, he's at Sean's. And the only problem with this is that Sean shows up uh, knocking. I actually door. felt like when that happened, I was like, "Oh, this is an actual funny moment. Like this is situation comedy." Yeah, this is this is really fun. But it's also like not only are they they've already blown their story and they should just give it up, but they of course are sticking to it because at this point in time, Eric is being the Eric that we know and love, which is that. Just stupid and going with it. The well, I just love that Sean's able to read 
Eric's expression and like as soon as Eric Eric's like, No, Corey's at your house, right? And Sean's immediately on board, like, Yeah, yeah, he is. Well he's and not it, it he doesn't it takes me. him forever because that's the thing. The entire scene, Eric keeps trying to get Sean's attention. And Sean, well, I'm just no saying, the moment Sean gets hip to it, he's he's on board to go along with this lie. Well that's and what a just, good friend would do. <laughs> well, it reminded me of the whole cherry bomb thing where like he's talking to Feeney at the end, he was like, Yeah, I would lie for Corey. And it's just like, yeah, clearly yeah, he would. would. I mean, again, if you get called out on something, you have to go with it, or else that is not your best friend. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching this, I'm like, even Morgan says something like, "No one's buying this, right?" She's like pathetic because, like, yeah. they they what they do is they say that um, the reason why Sean is here is because Corey actually went to Sean's for dinner, but he wanted to know what they were having at their place to know if he made the right decision. And of course, none of that makes any sense because even Sean's like, "Why wouldn't he just call?" <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 this whole thing just starts to unravel before yeah, us. And that's when Morgan's like, pathetic. And Sean replies, no, it's not mas- pathetic. Not for me anyway, because I don't live here. And he just bounces. <laughs> just bounces. Yeah, I love that. I love it when he's just like, you know what? This is on you guys. I don't need to Exactly. He this. knows when he needs to bow out. So, um... With that, we find out where Corey is because the family asked where he was and Eric's like, honestly, I don't know. So the next scene we get, Corey is underwater looking for um, looking for the necklace. In the beginning of this episode where Feeney goes, the number one rule is that no one dives alone. I was like, hmm, someone's most likely going to dive alone. And what's funny about that is I'm very Corey in this moment because I didn't even hear that rule. <laughs> yeah. Boom. I didn't hear it at all. But I, I just when, once Feeney was like, what did I tell you? I was like, oh, yeah, he probably said that at some point in time. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, it's the very first thing he says. And I was just like, yeah, of course, this rule is going to be broken in this world. (laughs) So because of that, um, Corey, of course, got caught at the pool. Feeney finds him there and tells him that he can't do it alone. And they just basically come up short because he didn't find the necklace. So they go back to Corey goes back home. And Alan and Amy, of course, were worried. And then Corey tells Alan that, you know, he lost the gloves. Yeah. And. Alan's reaction is just like, hey, I don't I don't really care. Like I it, it, like he's like, yeah, those gloves meant something to me when I was younger. But now I, it's like I care more about you, which is what he should say. Um, I feel like he'd actually be a little upset. though. Yeah, no, I'm not like I, I was like the same thing. I was like, Alan is saying all of these things. But I feel like a part of Alan's like, yo, those are my gloves. <laughs> right. Uh, one day. One day? Come on. <laughs> exactly. I'm not giving you anything ever again. It's all going to Morgan. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel is like the reality of it. But like in this moment, he was just happy to have his son back. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so anyway. Maybe um, maybe Corey ran away because no one celebrated his damn birthday. That's a very good point. <laughs> Not even the dinner. It wasn't because that's what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, why would he be going during his birthday dinner? Um, That's what I was thinking in the last seat. I totally forgot about that note. Yeah, he was at Sean's house for his birthday dinner. No. Oh, come on. This whole episode is starting to unravel, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, Corey comes back. He's like, you know what? I'm so wrong. I should probably never leave the house again Uh, to where Amy's like, look. He's already grounding himself. Don't let him take that away from us. Well, I just I feel like at this point, these kids are getting grounded every single episode. Are they not? Yeah. I mean, it's a common TV punishment. 
And I feel like Fresh Prince did that too, or it's just like, oh, okay, is this just the kids learning the wrong way? Like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like to have the the character reach, I don't know, some kind of evolution that is immediately followed up with a punishment. I, I don't, I don't know that. I yeah, it's just like also really funny because again, if there's 23 episodes in a season uh, and a kid gets grounded for two weeks every episode, it's like, where, where are you doing? <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's just like I, we're never seeing him do anything. Else. <laughs> So um, anyway, Feeny comes and knocks on the door, of course. And Feeny's like, look, I found the gloves that you were looking for. And Corey's so excited. And he like runs over and hugs Feeny out of excitement. Well, did you also notice that the parents thanked Feeny for bringing Corey home, but didn't thank him for babysitting last week? (laughs) It's like, wow, their appreciation is kind of all over the place. Well, maybe he had a little talking to him, and and they've learned to say thank you. Since yeah, maybe. I actually thought Corey's reaction to the gloves. I I thought that was a real Ben Savage like like I felt Ben in that moment. Just yeah, you excitement like, oh. level. Him getting so like screaming Feeny's name, giving him a huge hug. Um, and then five yeah, seconds later, be like, moment. "How did I get here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, and then so, so of course Feeny hands the gloves off. Um, Corey thanks him and Feeny leaves, and then Corey gives the gloves back, and he's like, uh, "Here, Dad, you take them and give them back to me on the most important day of my life. I don't think I'm ready for them." Uh, yeah. Um, when will that be? Oh, uh, this is so. I was like tears, but I, don't, I wonder how you felt about it. He goes on the no, day okay, like literally back. read it, read it the way that they say it, and I'm gonna give you my actual response. Okay, so of course, Alan's like, sorry, Corey's like, give them back to me on the most important day of my life, and Alan goes, and when will that be? And Corey goes, on the day you give them back. That's how you do it, Michael Jacobs. That's how you end an episode. That's how every episode should end, Michael Jacobs. That's me screaming at my at my laptop while watching this. Yeah, no, I legit was like, oh my God, that is so sweet. <laughs> and you know what? The the best of that's a that's a staple of the better Boy Meets World episodes is that they have that like end of episode line. This is the perfect cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah, it was just uh, it was beautiful. And then, of course, I thought because we've seen this before. I was like, I wonder when Alan gave him back. Never did he like it. give him? Yeah, well, you know, that's a probably a good point. Not even on his wedding day. Never, never gives him <laughs> that's back. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe Corey had them on his wedding day. I don't know. But I just thought it was a really, it's a really great moment in TV. Um, and it and it's sweet even to this day. I just, yeah, I like, I saw that and I was like, you know what? I was kind of like, like, I didn't really know how I felt about the episode, but one, they ended it Perfectly. so well that I was like, ah, I'm, yeah. they won me back. Exactly. All right. In our little epilogue, um, I love this scene because we get more of Morgan being cute, as you've mentioned, knowing kind of how to manipulate the people around her. So as we said earlier, Amy told Alan not to give Morgan a present. Um, But in this epilogue, Alan is like, yo, I'm going to still give you a present. Just don't tell your mother. And this Morgan's like, oh, so you want me to lie? And if she's down for the lie, as long as she can do so in her way. And I like it. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a very um, almost vindictive child, right? Like, yeah. she's, she's constantly, like, having, like, a back pocket plan. Yeah, no, it's really funny because what happens while she's uh, doing it is that Alan's like, a, hey, I got you this little horse. And Morgan goes, did you win this from the Navy? 
And he's like, no, I just, you know, you wanted it. You wanted a gift. And so I got you one. And she repeats her question kind of like, a, I'll ask you again so you can <laughs> really think about what I'm asking you. Did you win this from the Navy? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just love it. Because you said it's that manipulation thing where I also feel like she even knows that now she can tell people that her father said that she got it from the Navy. I don't know what her like motivation is in it because she seems to be the only one who cares about the the, <laughs> the gifts birthday? initially. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. The, she's the only other person who acknowledges that it was Corey's birthday. Yeah, no one else does. <laughs> All right, so um, that is our episode, as we talked about um, grades. What are you giving this? Uh, I give it a B. Yeah, I give it a B too. It's 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 a B episode. It's it's a memorable episode, even though it's a very simple episode. Like we both remembered this from just like reruns and watching it on television. Um, I think there's a lot of sweet moments. I think that the kids are great, but I don't like that bathing suit scene at all. I think the whole scuba diving thing could have been easily replaced with like soccer, and it would have worked just as well. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's that that kind of is what dinged it for me. You know what? I mean, I didn't have any other reason besides that it just felt like a B episode to me it was like we had a lot of really good things to it um, yeah there was there was nothing like spectacular that happened in this episode I don't think exactly thank you so much for listening to Brum Meets World make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Brum Meets World or email us at brummeetsworld at gmail.com send can... us questions guys yeah yeah Boy Meets World related questions as well like we'll give you our, our thoughts on some stuff if you've got questions brewing let us know what they are and we'll give you our thoughts yeah we have we have a, a few questions to answer um, and of course we look forward to hearing from you uh, you can find more of me on twitter at extra siege that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j uh, tc where you at which room instagram braver me um, yeah that's it that's all I got okay uh, remember to dream try and do good dream try and do good guys later bros later bruh